Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Couch Chiefs podcast, where we give a young fan's perspective of all things NASCAR here on the couch. So, um, we just came off of New Hampshire, even though it's about several days away. Um, there was a lot that happened, and especially some big news happening during the week. But uh, before we get into all of that, I'm going to introduce my co-host this evening, Levi. What's up? How's it going? Uh, uh, you know, big things happening. Yeah, hey, look, great thing happened this weekend. You know who got a top 15 at New Hampshire? That's right, Alex Bowman. Woohoo. Yeah, uh, surprise. Literally, I was texting uh, Spencer about it, and he was like, oh, look, Bowman doing Bowman things. He's actually doing good. And I was like, yeah, surprisingly, at a track that he hates so I mean, I don't know how much he hates it, but I know he dislikes it. And Quite, quite a lot. Know, quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> picker and um but yeah there's a lot to talk about for new hampshire but uh before we get into new hampshire let's talk about uh some silly season i guess to start it off with so oh, thursday yeah. um as of recording this friday before pocono so that's how you know this episode's coming out um Justin Haley going to Rick Ware Racing, and uh, I'll be honest with you, first reactions to it, I was thrown off. I thought I was being pranked. I thought it was something uh, different, to be honest with you, but uh, it really came out of left field. So uh, Justin Haley will be going to Rick Ware next year, 2024, signed a multi-year deal with Rick Ware. Um, yeah, it's a... Um, it's a big deal, uh, Levi. You got any uh, input <laughs> into that? Because I, I really don't. I, I, I don't either. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know what caused this to, like, happen, right? Like, that's one of the things that we do, we just don't know what, like, caused him to get removed. Because one of the things that I see from it is, like, for Justin Haley, that was his home. Like, Colleague was basically, like, his, I would say, racing home. Because like whenever I uh, think of Justin Haley, I think of Justin Haley when he was back in the Xfinity series, uh, when he was racing there, doing super well at super speedways. And then, you know, he was kind of like the young prodigy at the time for colleague. You know, he gets moved up to cup and, you know, they basically he was actually moved up before AJ Allmendinger um, whenever colleague was moving their way back up to cup. And uh, whenever I'm talking about full time, at least. Um so Justin Haley's, you know, in there for the full for full time first before Almendinger is, and it seems like he's their guy that's going to lead him to the future. And then all of a sudden, just something falls through. I don't know if it was contract. I don't know if it was sponsor. Don't know if it was charter related. Like I have no idea. But for him to go to Rick Ware Racing is like. To me, it looks like career suicide. Like it really does, because like out of all the places that you could have gone as like a free agent, right? I would actually have loved to have seen Wood Brothers maybe try to you know drop Harrison Burton and try to go for Justin Haley, or which Whoa. even then I I don't know if that actually would have panned out all that great because like I hate to say it, but Harrison Burton's just not really performing well in the twenty one. But I don't think Haley would even be able to like up what Harrison's doing. But then, like, uh, well, that's the thing. I don't know. It's just the thing. Like, Haley's outperforming him right now, but it's like, I just don't know if it's like the 21's equipment or if it's actually driver related. I'm pretty sure it's driver related. But um, then you look at like colleagues' Xfinity program. 
colleagues bread and butter in the nascar like a nascar in general has always been their xfinity series program and the thing about it is guess what's struggling right now between the two i mean colleague as a whole is struggling but like when you look at the two series right their cup and xfinity program their highlight right now is basically chandler smith and that's about it like that has literally been their biggest highlight this year so when i look at it i think like man I wish Colleg would have just moved him down to take like Hemrick's ride or either fill the 10 cars ride because it just seemed like the better option, but evidently their sponsorship wasn't there or they just have other plans with something else. I have no idea. Like it just seems so out of left field, especially for Haley to go to Rick Ware because like out of all the teams that I think were really open, there's not really much out there that is, but like the teams that you don't want to go to that's one of them like i think you texted me earlier like this week and basically said i'd rather be happy in xfinity than depressed in cup and i'm like i agree with that because it's like xfinity series from what i've heard at least like you have so much more fun running in the xfinity series in general than running a cup like whenever you look at the cup series like basically every single one of those guys they are serious they are ready to like perform they are there for like performance they are not there for you know just showing up and trying to finish a race no like they are there to win races and compete for like the highest you know points finish that they can possibly get xfinity program is technically the same thing but it's like you see a little bit more how do i say it you see like drivers having a little bit more fun because it's not that like as serious as the cup series so i wish you know maybe there was an xfinity series ride he could have taken but I, I really, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know if there was one really going to be available. I mean, technically, since Josh Berry's leaving, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't know if Junior yeah. Motorsports would, that's the thing, I don't think Junior Motorsports would actually, you know, sign him. So I don't know, Austin, do you, like, do you have any, like, comments to add to that? Well, to, to add to the context, was it, because um, we were talking about, when we were talking about the Justin Haley incident, it was more of seeing if Cole Custer was going to be his teammate. And I was like, no. Because <laughs> yeah. for me as a fan perspective, I I've been a Cole Custer fan since trucks. And after watching the past few years of him in Cup and him struggling, it it was at the point to where when he moved down to Xfinity and he started winning races left and right, you know, I I was at the point acceptance saying if he had to stay in Xfinity for the rest of his career, I'd rather be happy knowing the fact because the cars suit his style. Um, and he, he just seems like he's just having the best time of his life. And that was kind of adding to the conversation to what we were talking about earlier or more context to it is, is that I'd rather see my driver happy in a series that I know he's comfortable with rather than seeing him in cup and just being completely utterly depressed just because of everything else you know so um that was more on the the context to it but man it's this really tees off silly season because um as we know there's a lot of contracts that are starting to go out uh eric amarola we just now saw justin haley move to rick Ware, so that opens a seat to either uh shane van gisbergen which is he he's been talking about coming back to um cup and possibly full time obviously it was announced earlier this week that he'll be uh going to Indianapolis uh there was also 
uh, another um, stu- supercar driver. Uh, his name is Brody. Uh, I don't want to mess up his last name, but uh, for V8 supercar fans, you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, he'll be driving for Richard Childress in the 33 car. Um, so two V8 supercar drivers are going to be in it. Uh, com- Komoi Kobayashi uh, will be driving the 67 car for uh, 2311. As we know, 67 car was from uh, Travis Pastrana in Daytona. He had a really good run there. Uh, I think there is one more person I am missing. Or maybe that's just it. That but, might be um, it for, for what, Indy Road Course, right? Yeah, because I'm thinking that there's four of them, but maybe it's just three. Um, and I think from what I heard from David Land, because I was watching a YouTube video about it, maybe Jimmy Johnson might actually make a start at Indy. Um, but but more back to the conversation about Justin, uh, Justin Haley. Um, you know, now this tees off, who's going to go where, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, it's it's a really big, you know, head scratcher, you know. But uh, I watched a video with... Um, or I watched a video on uh, Eric Eastep talking about the situation and, you know, as much as most of us, we're thrown off by it. And he said, you know, if it was a couple of years ago and someone made the move to Rick Ware, it is career suicide. But the way they've kind of turned around the organization just a little bit, um, it kind of looks like out of the results a little bit looking from this year uh starting to get better actually starting to get top 10s top 15s top 20s stuff like that they're actually trying to get up there um it kind of seems like they're going into the right direction so it may not be a bad idea but you also have to think about it too they have an alliance with uh roush fenway kizalaski or rfk uh, so this could be a long-term plan with justin haley possibly going to RFK in the near future once Brad retires. That's what, you know, options to think about. And um, But another thing, too, to discuss this is that his uncle is very rich. Uh, I think it's Tyler Braun. Um, bear with me if that's not it. Um, but uh, his uncle is a very rich man, and he owns the charter for the 31. So it's pretty much uh, if he finds a ride or whatever the case may be or finds something that he likes, uh, Justin Haley's going to have a hard time saying no to. Um, but for the most part, uh, I think that's what kind of Im- impacted the decision a little bit. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that you would have thought it would have never happened only because colleague and Justin Haley kind of just go hand in hand. This is essentially like if Jeff Gordon left Rick Hendrick, you would have thought um, Justin Haley would have stayed there forever, just like Jeff Gordon did at Hendrick. But it's almost as if the move happened where if Gordon left Hendrick, even though they had such a good uh, relationship and everything else like that, you know, but then just straight up left. And it was like, dude, what the heck? What went wrong there? So um, there's a lot. That's why. Yeah, that's why I can't wait to see like what the actual reason is going to be for why he left. Because right now, like we just got the like news that he signed. Right. But I wonder like when it's actually going to come out the news of why he left. Uh, I think I think that's something we'll find out in the near future. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I, yeah, I think Eric also said that it's like, you would have thought colleague would have released a statement saying this news could have couldn't have 
come out anytime soon, like the RCR deal with uh, Tyler Reddick going to 23-11 in 24, but instead it was a year earlier due to Kurt. But um, yeah, that's um, that's big. Uh, definitely something I don't think any of us were thinking about at the time. But um, No, not at all. Other than that, um, let's move on to New Hampshire because that's the topic of the discussion. Uh, I'll start off with the Xfinity race because that's more on the controversial <laughs> uh, oh, side of it. Your favorite series now. <laughs> oh, it's, it definitely became my favorite series as soon as uh, Cole Custer was involved. Uh-huh. I, think it is, I think it is just in general for me. Uh, as I'm starting to love Cup a little bit, but Xfinity's definitely been my favorite because of the cars and everything else like that. But um, uh, yeah, that that race was pretty, I want to say it was pretty decent. Uh, John Hunter was just dominant all day and it really didn't look like at all. Anybody was going to touch him um, except for like maybe Justin Allgaier or Cole Custer. But then at the end of the day, I don't think they had what John had. So um, towards the end there, obviously the big, the big thing that came out of it was uh, Cole Custer versus Sheldon Creed. Um, they had a late race caution over time, uh, both drivers were fighting hard for position. Um, but as soon as they got the white flag, uh, Creed was roughing up Custer just a little bit. Um, they were racing hard, and what happened was is that Creed didn't give Custer a lot of room, but he gave him enough room to where he got him loose, and Cole got loose. Uh, drift tap it against the wall and was trying to correct it, but as soon as he started overcorrecting it, uh, got into Sheldon Creed, wrecked him, and that was the end of the race. Uh, I saw immediately after social media, before the replays even happened, saying that uh, a lot of negative things about Cole Custer, and I'm like, wait till the replays come out and double check it because um, we're all too quickly to judge, but check the facts before you go ahead and make your opinion. And I believe it was more on Sheldon's ordeal, just getting a little too aggressive, getting into Cole. Um, and I find it funny how uh, in the interviews, he said, man, I wouldn't believe Cole Custer would do that. And I'm like, you're right. He wouldn't. But the problem is, is that you, you shoved him so far up towards the wall. They had no choice, but to his car got loose and it just overcorrected and got into him. So, um, it's, it's 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 one of those things with that car like as you said earlier like the car with the xfinity series car it's one of the best i think we have now in the uh in nascar but like the way that car handles or that car drives compared to like the cup cars in the truck series like you're almost sideways every single time you come off two and four now like you just always are it seems like in the xfinity series but the thing about it is that late in a race like that you push somebody up that close to the wall and Custer just gives it a little bit more throttle than it needs to or whatever at that time, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, Sheldon, go back and look at the replay because I'm telling you, it's going to look a little different than what you experienced in that car. Like, what you experienced in the car is probably going to be like, oh, yeah, Custer wrecked me. But guess what? You look at the replay, like, you drove him up there pretty high. Like, I'm not going to lie. You, <laughs> he had every right to basically spin out and wreck you, honestly. Well... I wouldn't say he did wreck him. I mean, it was more of, I'd say it's more of a racing incident, but I mean, um, this wouldn't be the first time Sheldon's got into it with other drivers. I mean, he got into it with John Hunter. Um, He's got into it with uh, Sammy Smith. You know, he's safe to say when Sheldon Creed gets in it, 
gets into it with somebody, he's he does normally back up his word by getting into him again. But I, I feel like it needs to be corrected a little bit. Uh, I know he'll probably have another year at RCR. So I feel like that's something big for him to fix. I get it. Um, it's easy to be tempered. Uh, this isn't like IndyCar or Formula One to where one little tap, it's going to make you upset kind of ordeal. This is NASCAR bumping is banging. So um, that's all I got for that situation. Um, I yeah. I, I'm going to add one thing. Oh yeah. Trucks was at, uh, no trucks didn't run this weekend. Uh, yeah. But, I know. Cause I yeah. was thinking, Oh, truck yeah. race. And then I was like, Oh no, wait, never mind. They were off. I'm, I am. Yeah. I will say one thing about the Xfinity series race. Like um, one driver, I was definitely keeping an eye on that whole race was Justin Allgaier. Um, I felt like that was going to be like one race where he could just pop off a win. Um, wouldn't say no problem, but like if the right circumstances happened, he could win. Man, an early pit road problem uh, basically killed his race. Uh, he overshot his pit box, had to basically take two tires in order to not lose any more track position. And then from there, I mean, it got worse because the problem is like, the video uh, recording showed that they were doing service outside of the pit box because he didn't back up quite yet uh, for them to start doing service. So then he had to go all the way to the tail end of the field. Then on a restart, he basically gets jumbled up in that big old pileup uh, that happened where um, John Hunter and um, whoever was on the, else on the front row, basically that whole field got stacked up. He got involved in it. I mean, what a tough break for him because I know he's not had a great season this year. Junior Motorsports in general has just not been quite as good as they were last year. But man, that I know it sucks for that seven team for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit tough, but uh, you know, it's kind of yeah. is what it is at that point. So I tell uh, you, I, I feel like that was kind of like the theme of a lot of this week was pit road mistakes, like. You had uh, Eric Almirola with his right rear. You had uh, Bubba uh, Wallace as well. You had Tyler Reddick with a speeding penalty. Christopher Bell, like, it literally killed Christopher Bell's race. Like, uh, I think... No, that whole race, because uh, now we're moving into the cup portion for those that yeah. are following. But, yeah, might as well. <laughs> uh, we're moving into it. Might as well, because it's the topic. Um, but yeah, no, Christopher Bell. I, I promise you this. Um, most of the people in our group uh, not this one, but another one that I'm in. All of our picks had Christopher Bell winning. It's like, no-brainer, duh, Christopher Bell's track, whatever. Um, Watching the race, man, the picker screwed him over, him being in traffic screwed him over. It's just, I think the picker really put him behind the eight ball and really got him in trouble. Um, Is what just... He had the car, but I don't think he had the car what Truex had throughout that no. whole race. No, I mean, not at all. That mm -hmm. was a Monday Martin domination, hands down. Um, there was nobody touching Martin Truex that whole day. I mean, if Martin Truex was not going to win that race, I would have been shocked. Maybe if if Eric Omerola didn't have that tire going down, um, I would have think personally maybe Eric would have had a shot. Maybe Hamlin. But for the most part, yeah, there was no one beating Truex that day. No, no. They're like Truex had the best car, hands down. The second best car was Christopher Bell's, and guess what? Pit Road. So it's it's one of those things to where, like, I think now, especially in the Cup Series, like a 
pit road anything on pit road is basically a death penalty for your race now at this point like if you have any sort of pit road penalty whatever throughout the race like it kills your momentum for the whole race um mainly because of just how you know much dirty air kind of affects you now and just how much being in traffic does like literally a pit road penalty kills your race right and guess what christopher bell got a i wouldn't say a penalty but they just had a slow stop or whatever he had to work his way through um the field and guess what he i mean he was trying his best to but like still he got mired back again i think and then literally backed it into the wall with like 15 to go because he was trying too hard to get back to the front so it's one of those things to where it really stinks especially whenever like you have a car that you know that you can win with like it, it really hurts then like for example eric amarola like for him that was literally i think win and end situation for him uh for sure like he knows i think in new hampshire when he goes there every single time he knows that that team can bring him a good car to try to go and win there problem is guess what one pit road problem and it killed his race right so it's also another thing to where i think whenever it comes down to it not to try to put all your eggs in one basket or rely on one track to try to get a win right because even though that might be your track that you can win at, guess what? Anything can happen in racing. And like like you saw, it, it can take you out of race, which, man, I know as a Stuart Haas fan that you are, like, I, I don't know if you want to talk about that Eric Camarola thing, but holy cow, that, that would have been so big if you won that race. But, man, I, that... Yeah, I, I think that was definitely a race. Uh, I knew Eric had a big circle on that calendar. Um, it's like that for any driver. I mean, I think literally what we talked about last week or for the last episode we did, um, you know, if you're Christopher Bell, the, these are the tracks you circle, you know, for uh, Kyle Larson, you know that there's certain tracks you circle on your calendar that you actually want to go to uh, within the year. And um, with Eric, you know, Eric's really good at New Hampshire. Um, and we talked about it last week. You know, I I was very uncertain by the year, but I'll be honest with you, he did prove me wrong. He stayed up in the top five pretty much all day up until that point. Um, and there was really nothing he could have done. I mean, it was more on the pit crew, but yet again, you know, we all make mistakes and, you know, it leads us to these points. So um, it's it while it does suck, it's nothing to be sad about only because uh, it really does show that Haas does have speed. I mean, Look at it. I mean, Kevin Harvick and Chase Briscoe get a top 10, and I am so happy for Richard Boswell that he got his top first top 10 in a cup car, um, especially with Chase Briscoe. So it seems like those guys are really clicking it off. Um, I know it, this hasn't been the year that Chase Briscoe was looking for. Um, I think with their season, it's just been bad luck. I mean, with it's Johnny Clausmeyer, yeah. it's you know, it's it's been really rough with both of them, and um, I I feel like this year is just a throwaway year for that 14 team, um, and I and I feel like really just you know, I know I've seen a lot of people talk about SHR and it's like oh it's a downfall and everything else like that. And it's like, look, every team has it. You look at Hendrick, you look at everybody else, but I feel like within a span of a few years, just let them kind of rebuild, let them kind of find their footing again. And as soon as they do, they're going to be back on top, starting to win races again. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like with Richard Boswell and Chase Briscoe, I feel like there's a good future for both of them. Um, 
I feel like Boswell is really good. Uh, if you don't believe me, just look at 2020 and their season that they had together. Um, I know it didn't. It may not look a lot for Riley, uh, only because Riley's you know still trying to get used to everything. Um, but for the most part, you know, I I really think they're they've really hit it off. So, um, and then obviously Rodney and Kevin. Go figure. They always find something to get a top <laughs> ten with. So, yeah. um, and Breeze and McDowell, uh, they had a little something something after the race, and uh, I thought it was funny because apparently uh, during green flag stops towards that uh, end of the race, um, I think Breeze got in front of McDowell, which seemed to be the case, and then next thing you know, McDowell got into Brian Breeze during that run, which he hit the wall, then went two laps down. And um, he, I forgot where he finished, but yeah, it was it wasn't a really good day for that forty one team, and uh, obviously they started having talks afterwards. And Mc, McDowell did um, pull a cool custard to say the least. He um, he put his arm on uh, Ryan Priest as they were walking back to the uh, the trailers, and Priest kind of shoved him away like "Don't touch me" kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, that kind of looks like something that. Uh, Cole did to Reddick, and Reddick was pretty fired up, and they almost, well, Reddick wanted to fight. Cole was just being the um, sure be a juju kind of thing. Sure, uh-huh. be like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry, but <laughs> what you need to know is, and he learned it the hard way, which um, you don't put your hand on somebody's shoulder if they look like they're upset. Just talk to them straight up, and that's it. But yeah, you don't say. Yeah, he learned his lesson. So uh, that was interesting. I didn't have that on my bucket list, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely unexpected because I was like, what in the world are those two going at about? Like, they were they were so far back. What are they worried about? Like, good gracious. I know, I know Michael McDowell was really looking forward to that race because in practice, they looked really good. Problem is, once it came to actual like race, they were good, but they weren't, you know, I don't think they were quite as good as they thought they were. So um but anyway though it still was a good race for him but at the same time yeah i know for uh for store haas it was definitely i I think some bright spots right you had almarola run up in the top five um chase briscoe got himself a top 10 and then you had uh priest struggled but you know again that's you know rookie i would say just kind of area in that case then you have harvick doing harvick things but then you have uh, on the uh, the Hendrick side, like for us, man, like as a fan base, um, man, Larson had a good run, but he just wasn't fast. Like he just wasn't as fast as the 19. Like there was just no way he was beating the 19 at all, but had a really good car. Um, problem was, I think like the other three were just off. Like Byron had a good qualifying, but that's that's all he had. Like that's literally all Byron had. And then uh had a run-in with Almondinger. i think it was Almondinger or justin haley on um, um it might have been haley i think it might have been justin haley on pit road there he i mean literally his justin right haley. front his right front like looked like it barely like hit uh justin haley's left rear and for the rest of the race like the right front was just basically like dead so God, it's this card this car is so weird like it like the lightest of hits like seems to take like the worst damage and then the toughest of hits like it's just fine i I don't get this car sometimes but the thing about it is that like with um 
with Chase as well. Like, man, I I don't know where the speed is. It's it's weird because it's like he I was looking back at some of his finishes and like uh Nashville, he had a good finish there. Uh Atlanta, he did okay. Chicago, he had a good finish there. Um he hasn't done too terrible, but it's like the speed just isn't there like we are used to seeing with Chase Elliott. So um Definitely hate to see it for that team, but I don't do I think they're gonna make the playoffs at this point? I actually don't know. I, I think they're kind of in the danger spot to where like we'll have to see. I think there's gonna be two tests coming up. It's gonna be Pocono and Watkins Glen. If they can't, you know, bring the speed at those two tracks, like they definitely ain't making it. So um we'll see. But um Yeah. I like I'll I'll also put it this way. Alex Bowman, like, man, that that was awesome. Getting to see him actually get like a top fifteen at New Hampshire at one of his like least favorite tracks. That's great. Even though still we are still outside the playoffs though, and we need a win basically at this point. So it's like uh I uh maybe Pocono, maybe Michigan. That's the only two places I really see it happening. So We'll see for the Hendrick guys, but I tell you what, right now the team to watch out for, Joe Gibbs Racing for sure. Uh to add more on the um to add more on the Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman situation for the playoffs, um Bowman's near the cut line. Uh Elliott's about sixty points back, so it's it'll be interesting to see. I feel like um you know, people ask and people ponder and question, does Chase Elliott have a shot to make it into the round of 16? Uh, it's it's possible. I think it can be done. Uh, but obviously we know at this point, nothing is guaranteed. You just kind of have to hope at this point we see repeat winners uh, rather than new ones, unless if you have Harvick, Kizilowski, or, excuse me, um... Chris Butcher to win the race. Um, I think Harvick's definitely going to be locked in. There's no questions asked on that point. Um, Brad, I think, is going to get locked in. I think Butcher's going to get locked in. I think the only two drivers that are looking to get out or that has a chance to be out is McDowell and Bubba Wallace. Uh, checking on the NASCAR app as we speak. Uh, yeah, but... Um... Well, hold on. Let's see here. Um, we have, yeah, Harvick, Brad, and Bush are all good on points, but it's Bubba and Michael McDowell that's like literally okay. Bubba's two to the good, Michael McDowell's one to the good over Suarez. Almendinger's 20 back. Ty Gibbs is 41 back. Bowman's like 42 back. So, again, not completely like out of the range, but it's definitely not good, though. Um, I would say if Elliot keeps up the consistency, I feel like he can make it in by points alone. But you also have to add to the factor of don't hope, just try to win. And if you can point your way in, uh, congratulations that you, you tried your best. But uh, everyone's looking at that 15th place position. No one's looking at 14th, 13th, or 12th. Um, I think really you're looking at 15, which is, uh, I, I think I heard what Dale Jr. said. I don't know if it was during the race or um, on a podcast, but I, I know he was talking about you don't focus on 16th. You always focus on 15th because you always take a consideration of one spot up of the cut line because if you're focused on 16th, you're, you're going to be way behind. So, um, and then if, say somebody wins then you look at 14th which is not that big of a shot because you look at 
how many points the RFK cars got. It's going to be hard to catch up unless if they start having bad races from Pocono to Daytona, which is the cutoff race, which is not that much left. So um, I think it could be possible for any of those Hendrick cars to get in. Uh, with Elliott, it could be possible, but I would think maybe when they get inside the playoffs, I don't think he's going to make it that far. Um, it seems to me with Elliott this season, it could be 16 or 12. He'll get knocked out early. Um, he's not on par with Elliott or gosh. With um, Larson, Larson yeah, and Larson um, Byron. Byron yeah, he's, both he's those guys. Yeah. yeah, no. But I will say like, um, definitely with six races to go and I'm looking at the schedule ahead, like, man, even if you're trying to point your way in, it's not going to be easy because <laughs> you have Indy road course, Watkins Glen and Daytona as your last three races. Like it's, it's not going to be easy at all. That's why I'm saying like, you know, try to get a win if you can, but at the same time, like this year as well, I'm not going to lie. If chase even gets in the playoffs, do I think he's going to be that much of a threat? Probably not. Like, I just don't really see it being a thing. Bowman as well? Probably not. Like, I just don't see it unless they get the biggest confidence boost with a win I've ever seen, which, again, probably not. But, you know, you never know uh, when it comes to racing sometimes. Because, I mean, I'll tell you, did I see Martin Truex ripping off, like, three wins this year and having, like, one of the best seasons of his career? Probably not. But at the same time, like, if you look at all the things that happened last year, and now leading up to this year, I tell you what, Martin Truex right now looks to be either the best driver or the second best driver right now in the series for sure. Like he is absolutely killing it. But here's the thing about Martin Truex. They are dominant when they bring a car and to a track that is set up perfectly, but also is one of Martin's best tracks. When I look at the playoffs, though, is Phoenix a great track for him? I don't think so. When I look at some of these rounds as well, like uh, the especially the last one with, um, let's see, we have Homestead, we have Martinsville, and Vegas in there. Like, uh, maybe Vegas, maybe Homestead. Vegas I, is more on his. Yeah, his it is. Here. Uh, Homestead of last year, he was good. I uh, don't really remember his Las Vegas race all that well, but I mean, there's several tracks that could play to uh, Trux's favor. I mean, Right now, he's the points leader. Uh, no questions asked. I mean, three of the four Joe Gibbs drivers are inside the top five in points. And then you have William Byron, who's just a standalone right there in the middle uh, of that pack. So I, I think, man, it's, it's going to be hard to say going into that round. But uh, I'd rather throw this question out here just to get an idea of where you're at uh who do we think early on is going to be in the final four uh i think for me it's the easiest guys to say early on right now would be martin truex william byron um i think quietly it's going to be uh kyle larson and denny hamlin uh i would say maybe surprise picks would probably be um Ross Chastain or um, Christopher Bell. Uh, but uh, I, I would like to get your thoughts on who you think is going to enter early in the yeah. final four. I, I mean, honestly, with how this season has gone, like I think if you look at whoever makes the playoffs, besides maybe like Stenhouse, Michael McDowell, Bubba, and maybe like Chris Busher, like I think any of those guys could 
somehow like get a way into the final four just because of the way like the elimination thing works right so i'll put it this way truex and byron i think with playoff points they're probably going to be pretty good like the round of 16 they should be able to just skate on by that one that one should not be a problem round of 12 is going to be a little bit harder just because the tracks that are in there but if they can just get stage points consistent finishes that one should be an easy you know knock it in to the next round right Round of eight is where it gets really tricky because the thing about the round of eight is you could get three different winners and have all three of those guys, you know, in the final four, or you could have, you know, and basically, well, going back to that, you have three winners, three of those guys are in the final four and only one gets in on points, right? So it could be the case to where literally Truex and Byron are battling it out for the last spot at Martinsville and then... You know, somebody like, oh, I don't know, um, somebody like Harvick either comes up and wins or whatever like that and then basically takes a spot away from them. So it's one of those things to where like the round of eight is where it gets really tricky. So I got to say, man, right now, the way it's going, I think Truex and Byron are still going to make it. I think way the schedule kind of lines up, it's going to re- be really good for both those two drivers. The other two is kind of where it's like, man, this is... This is this is rough because it's like Kyle Busch. He's had a great season this year uh, with RCR. I mean, top five in points is nothing, nothing to complain about at all. Do I think he can, you know, get into the final four and have some luck fall his way? I think that's the problem. It's like he's going to have to have a little luck kind of fall his way, I think, in order to get there, but also have uh, consistent finishes. One of the things they just haven't been able to do is consistently not have pit road problems and then have to make it up throughout the race however they have been one of the best to come back from pit road problems or something happens throughout the race right i think if you would have seen from new hampshire if they didn't take as much damage as they did from the wreck at new hampshire you may have seen kyle bush get in you know or try to get a top 10 finish like i mean he's just that good at finishing races so i'm probably going to say kyle bush i think takes like the third spot fourth spot man it's it's really a toss-up i think but i think uh this year the driver to take the fourth spot oh man I, I think it's gonna be kyle larson this year um i yeah. don't think I'm, I'm looking at the drivers like hamlin i wouldn't doubt it it's just i just haven't really heard much from him this year he's kind of been sneakily quiet when it comes to points he's just picking off points you know uh week in and week out but the thing about it is that he's not like winning races like truex and byron are and running up front quite as consistently but he's still picking up points c bell he's picking up points like crazy as well but it's like i just don't really see him like you know knocking off those wins like truex and byron are larson's one of those to where like he's a little too quiet right now i think he's been making a lot of noise with how like inconsistently he's been finishing this year but at the same time, like that, that scares me with that team. If they find the right setups for these final 10 races, like, oh my goodness, they could literally be a threat. Like we already know for Homestead, they're going to be an absolute threat. But then on top of that, they already won at Martinsville, which that's a round of eight race. They finished second at Vegas, right? Then you have the Roval, which he's dominated before um, in the Gen 6 car, but still um had an absolute domination run there we've seen him actually run well at talladega last year which that was a first uh then texas you never know what could happen at texas then in the round of 16 like darlington's been good to him so i mean 
literally, I think Larson's honestly the scariest guy to watch out for right now because, my goodness, he's a little too quiet. And there you have it for picks um, for our final four. But uh, speaking of that, we are now moving on to Pocono, which honestly, oh I am I am looking. I don't know. I'm starting to really gain more appreciation for Pocono. Now, I know Pocono is one of the dangerous tracks uh, in motorsports. I mean, obviously, it, you really don't have to look that far turn on one. its reputation. But... Turn one. <laughs> turn one, turn two, turn three. Yeah, literally, you got three turns worth of dangerous stuff. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to, but I am I'm excited. Um What's the chances we, that you think? What is it, what's the chances you think we'll see a brake failure this weekend, or maybe uh, a couple brake failures? I mean, you would have if you would have said the same thing at Gateway. Well, Gateway's a little bit different, but for the most part, yeah, it's likely. But I, I seriously don't want another Kurt Busch situation. Same here, because yeah, that's where it was. Uh, yeah, turn three, that was where he got his concussion. So, man, I gotta tell you what, I I absolutely. I didn't actually get to say this earlier. I love New Hampshire and Pocono both. I think they're such like such cool, unique tracks on our schedule that like, man, I hate that they lost a second date, but at the same time, like when you look at the tracks that have kind of replaced them, it's kind of fair that they lost a second date because my goodness, like they're really cool tracks, but at the same time, do they bring that like luster that like a new Atlanta and a Chicago brings? Not really. So sorry, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. The New Hampshire race um, was actually pretty good, in my opinion. That, that track widened out like really well, and I also thought like you could run the top, you could run the bottom, you could kind of run the middle, you could run like all sorts of different lines. Like honestly, one of the better New Ra- Hampshire races I've ever seen, and it's with the ne- new like next gen car. And the next gen car is not that great on short tracks and interme- like a mile like smaller tracks, which honestly. I'm here all here for it. Like let's 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 run it back in New Hampshire. Let's have a second date there, if, you know, if we want to. Um, I'm pretty sure newer fans wouldn't really care for that track just because of, you know, true X domination, but you know, it, it'd be how it'd be. So Pocono, um, golly, I gotta tell you, Denny Hamlin, if they can bring the same car that they had last year, just minus the tape. I I think like same speed they're gonna be somebody to watch out for. Um, Chase Elliott he's gonna be one of those guys I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on. Do I think he's gonna win the race? Probably not, but I am absolutely 100% keeping an eye on him because like this is where we kind of see like does he have the speed at? I'm gonna have to go with Kyle Larson as I think my third pick. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, I I think this is one of those tracks that honestly kind of like fits him um especially when you look at 2021 with how dominant he was there but then you know blown tire turn three alex bowman backs into another win uh so i'll definitely say i think larson's going to be somebody to watch out for meaning my underdog for this one's going to be a little weird it's going to be alex bowman and the reason i say that is because honestly i think this is one of those tracks to where it's like let's see how much speed he really and truly has right now with his new crew chief let's actually see like is this going to be a good race for him? Is this actually a good track for him? Is this like, how much speed does this team really have this year? That's what we're going to find out. I think Pocono is one of those tracks to where like, you don't really back into it. Well, hold on. Unless you're Alex Bowman, you don't really back into a win here. It's like, this is one of those tracks to where, 
well, and Chase Elliott as well. He backed into one there. But anyway, between besides those two, you don't really back into a win here because like this is one of those tracks that literally shows pure speed. If you don't come off the trailer with that perfect setup heading out into Pocono, you're not going to win, plain and simple. So oh, yeah. let's actually see which teams can bring the best car and let's see who has the best speed uh, heading into Pocono. Um, yeah, it's... I feel like for me, it's a no-brainer to pick Denny Hamlin. I mean, Denny Hamlin, Pocono, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. And um, I think, what was it, uh, Jared asked him, uh, did you bring the tape? And I think he did. So um, <laughs> I, think, I think without the tape, um, I think he'll do good. Uh, this week at Pocono, I feel like he will get that uh, winning revenge to it. So. Um, I really felt like he should have won last year, but unfortunately he got caught. So it is what it is. And, um, you know, I, I'll pick in Denny Hamlin because Denny Hamlin and Pocono go, really go hand in hand. So um, Denny Hamlin's definitely number one on my list. Kyle Larson, I think, is a really good pick, too. Um, you know, Kyle Larson almost won, but then Alex Bowman got the win. So uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, I feel like Larson's really due with a win at Pocono, but so uh, I guess we'll find out, right? So, um, looking at any other driver that could have a shot to win, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out this one to kind of I, because I really wanted to say him, but like the problem is is that like the three I had I think are really gonna be more noteworthy. It's gonna be Kyle Busch, finished second here last year, but again, if it wasn't for the tape thing, however. I don't know how Reddick did in that car last year at Pocono. Uh, so let me check. Let me check racing reference. But yeah, uh, I can see where you're onto that because you got to remember last year whenever Reddick was at Auto Club, he dominated that race until you know he had um, he ran to Byron. Guess what? Kyle Busch takes that car, wins with it. So that's why I'm saying like Kyle's a great driver, but like that car doesn't come off the truck, you know, ready to race. Like that's again, it's not going to be good. Uh, where is Tyler? He actually, so he would have finished fourth last year, but due to uh Kyle Busch and Hamlin both being busted, he he's he finished second. Yeah. Oh, so in that case, write down Kyle Busch because I'm telling you what, right now Truex three wins, Byron four wins, Kyle's got three. He might get a fourth here at Pocono. Uh. And to think about Tyler Reddick too, I wouldn't. Don't write I him out. Well, yeah, here's the thing too. The thing is, is that him and Kyle Larson are kind of having one of those on and off kind of ordeals. So it's it's really hard for me to kind of sell myself on a Tyler Reddick. Now to say that Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick isn't talented, that's far from the truth. I feel like Tyler Reddick. Um, when he has a good car, he can win. I mean, obviously, if you look at Coda, he had a really strong run there, and he won it. So, um, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch is definitely the 50-50 on that aspect right there. Um, I will, I personally uh, would rather pick Kyle Busch only because of a safer bet, in my opinion, um, to, um, to pick. But um, if I were to pick two, I would have said, hey, um, I would pick uh, Kyle Busch over Tyler Reddick, but it's kind of a 50-50 there. So, um, And my underdog pick would, would be... 
Oh, crud. Crud, crud, crud. This, that's going to be a hard one because I think, honestly, I think Ty Gibbs could actually like surprise some people just because of how good sometimes Toyota is here. It's just weird. Toyota just has a knack for like the summer, it seems like. Um, golly, I don't think Michael McDowell is going to show out. Uh, Bubba, maybe? RFK guys, I oh man, I really I don't see I would, RFK. I would rather pick a Toyota, but um, I'll be honest with you, I um, Torres, no, not real. I, I wouldn't pick Torres. Almondinger, maybe. Almondinger, maybe. I, I'll be honest with you, I I think I'd rather go with um. Oh crap. Oh. I just want to say for safe bet, I kind of want to pick Kevin Harvick. As well, um, like an, as an underdog? Yeah, I, I feel like you never know what goes into the weekend. Um, they have one here before, uh, obviously with the Gen 6, but I don't know. I would say maybe Harvick. I would say just if they've got a good setup and they know how to run it, I, I feel like Harvick and them could do it. But um, I mean, I I don't doubt you. It's just like... Here's the thing is that like, I think Harvick absolutely could win this race. I mean, he probably would have actually had a really good finish if it wasn't for the whole Chastain thing last year. Um, but I will say though, just their speed this year has just been off. But however, I tell you what, last year Harvick came on strong towards the end of the regular season. Watch out. It may happen again. Yeah, it could happen. It could. Cause like, that's the thing. One of the things I've noticed is like it's weird how it works, but like Hendrick Motorsports is usually the best at the beginning of the season. And then once you get like into like the 600 era to where like you get from like 600 Gateway, Nashville, it's like the Toyotas kind of take over. Like that's when Joe Gibbs gets really good. And then at the end of like the regular season, that's when like the Fords start to just go on a tear. Like that's when like your Logano's, your Harvick's kind of start to show up. And then once the playoffs hit, it's like chaos. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I feel like we've we've seen this story so many times but uh you never know i mean harvick could go back on the tear like he did you know last year to where he could win races back to back so um that's why like he's one of the like one of those drivers that like i want to pick him for races but like he's one of those that's like he finished he gets you points right like he gets a good finish with points but the thing about it is is that like when you're looking for that like breakthrough like driver that you're looking to actually win the race like you usually don't pick him like you just don't it's it's always like a because here's the thing if it's like you had a random position to finish 10 or just top 10 in general i feel like kevin harvick would definitely be a good shot only Bingo. because yeah. um rodney rodney and kevin know how to be consistent and with how rodney does his setups it's more of the car may start off bad at first but he knows how to tweak it and improve it in order to get that car within inside the top 10 maybe in inside the top five you never know but that's just how rodney works so Man, I, that's gonna be an interesting combo next year with rodney and um josh berry i feel like oh, it might be out i feel like I don't know. It's, I am really interested in that combo. I didn't. Because here's the thing. I actually see this actually as a good thing because you got to remember something, right? Josh isn't like young blood coming up into the Cub series. He's a little bit older. He's got a little bit age on him. Guess what? 
Rodney Childress is more of an older crew chief now with a little bit more experience. I think that's actually going to be a really good combo. Yeah, better combo than any of us would have expected. But I mean, it could honestly be a wicked combo that could just break out. But at the same time, we'll see. Like, it's one of those crew chief driver combinations that either could turn out really well or because like i also think of it like william byron and chad canals because like man those two did not do well together like it, it was it looked great in hindsight like or not in hindsight no not great in hindsight it looked great on paper right to have like the veteran uh crew chief of chad canals coming with the rookie but it their their styles did not match at all that's why I say, like, it could be one of those things to where their styles don't match at all, or they could just hit it off the on the first race. It's going to be really interesting to see. Indeed, 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 indeed. But I guess we'll have to find out uh, by next year. So uh, overall, I think that's pretty much all that we've got here today. Uh, anything let me, to let add me, on? Yeah, let me ask you this, all right? Um do you plan on getting wrecked in turn three on iRacing again at Pocono? Do you plan on that? Uh, no, I also don't plan on the aspect of you missing a shift on a restart so that way I can go cry to my mother saying, Levi missed a shift. Yeah, so, so for those I'm who are um, for those who, <laughs> for those who are missing context on that, um, we did an iRacing race last year. It was actually for like, what? I think it was for the eNASCAR series, I think. Uh, it was like, uh, NIS. NIS, yeah, NIS race. And oh my goodness, like it was such a good race for... I think it was a good race for both of us for the most part. I, I remember running up front, but then all of a sudden I just fell off. And then uh, I got a little frustrated, went into turn three, absolutely missed turn three. Like, I, well, actually, no, before that, missed a shift on a restart that caused Austin to get into the wreck. Then later on, I completely just, here's the thing. I was planning on dive bombing turn three, which the thing about it is like, if you know anything about iRacers, they absolutely hate that stuff. I was playing on dive bomb in turn three. The problem is about turn three at Pocono on iRacing is it's a hard corner to see. Like I cannot really see that corner like I want to sometimes whenever I'm trying to look for the apex. I just missed it. I flat out missed it. I drove through grass. I became a lawnmower and literally just took out like half the field. So yeah, yeah, that, that happened. So I definitely, I actually got a, uh, um, I didn't get banned for that, but no, somebody protested me oh, and really? iRacing. Yeah, I, iRacing was like, no, 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 don't do that. And I was like, okay, fine. But, you know, I wasn't trying to wreck anybody. It's just, I absolutely just missed um, turn three. So, yeah. Yeah, by like a mile. So, uh, <laughs> I remember it clearly. I was driving the Brochastain GoPro car because, honestly, it's a really good scheme. It is. And then he was driving the Alex Bowman Nashville scheme, which I really don't blame him there. Um, and we were getting to go on the restart and everyone would, and also other contexts too. I was running a qualifying setup, which was worse. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I forgot to change my setup before the race because the, the qualifying setup was good. Now during the race, it actually wasn't that bad. I'll be honest with you. It got loose and it got sucky towards the long run, but for the most part, it was actually tolerable for once so it was, it was probably really fast just really hard to handle on the long run pretty much um and so i kind of started a little bit back in the pack and i'm like man i just want this race i just need more tires i just want this race to end this that and the other but for the most part i was actually doing good and it really helped me out in the long run um 
and we got a caution. We all came in for tires. This that, and the other. I was kind of towards the middle, back of the pack, roughly, and Levi was towards up in the front. And I was on the inside, and we started going. Everyone started shifting. Next thing you know, Levi misshift, and everyone started crashing up in front of me. And I was like, no, no, no. And I was, I was trying to avoid it the best of my ability. But obviously, when you have everybody around you, it's kind of hard to avoid. And I got some damage of it. And I was like, he's like, um, I might have missed a shift on the race. Say, <laughs> and he's like, what? Did you get involved? And I was like, yes, I got involved. So I went. I think that was the first. I think that was the first and last time we did an NIS race. Uh, together, yes, exactly. Not for me, because I did one with Nashville, and Nashville actually wasn't as bad. But I, I wrecked during a restart, and uh, I'll be honest with you, the uh, incident counter wasn't bad. I got a four X, or did I get a two X, or did I get a four X? I know it was very low. But I wound up actually finishing better than I expected. So I don't know, man. Those NIS races are interesting, but it, I mean, the competition's really fierce over there. Oh, it is. But also, the races are pretty long. Like, those ones are. Oh, yes. those, oh God. That's one thing I dread about those. They're long. But I don't mind it because of the endurance to it. Well, that too. Yeah, no. The, the endurance is nice, but like, yeah, no. It, it can definitely get um, a little long, especially like um, if you get a caution field race. Now, those are the worst. Uh, those are oh, it's at the point where it's just like can we get a long run at this point? oh yeah no those are the absolute worst which is why i don't know why this is but they have like the bristol night race is like an actual 500 lap race yeah uh not doing that one so anyways that will conclude our episode for that um levi got anything else to mention before we sign off for the episode yeah i bought a new mic <laughs> uh, for those that couldn't tell he bought a new mic so hopefully that helped the sound quality on my side and you didn't hear austin twice as well i don't know if that's been a problem in other episodes but hopefully that's uh hopefully that's been a problem that's fixed because uh the problem with my older headset was that like you would hear me or you would hear whoever i was hearing through my headset on the mic and oh terrible so hopefully this works hopefully this is a fix for that Hopefully. So uh, that will conclude it for our episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we do have a Discord. It is the Couch Chiefs Podcast. So discord.gg slash Couch Chiefs Podcast. And um, yeah, that will conclude our episode. We'll see you guys next time.